You ready for some word today? If you would, if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And I want to continue with what the Lord has given us to share during this time and this season. And the series is called, As You See the Day Approaching. So we are all getting ready for a big day. Are you ready for the big day? Uh, Let's read again these verses as we have been. Verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. All right, so big day coming. We're going to be ready for it, right? He's given us exhortation to that end, so none of us will be caught off guard. None of us will be caught looking the other way, but we will all be right in the right place at the right time and prepared internally for the big day. Now, there is a, a real God who loves us, loves you, loves me, right? There is also a real devil who hates our guts, Okay, let's not forget about that. We don't like to be devil conscious or give too much focus there, but we should also not be ignorant of his devices. There is a a real devil who wants to uh, steal, kill, and destroy in each of our lives. Um, The way this works is God does not force us to do anything. He will not twist your arm, force you to comply with his will and his plan. At the same time, Satan can't do that. He doesn't have the ability to make you do wrong things or go down the wrong path or even receive his attacks, all right? He does not have that ability. The way it works on both sides of the equation is God speaks truth. He gives words. When his words are received, embraced, and confessed by us, his plan is set in motion. His promises come to pass, right? God gives us truth that makes us free. And the enemy's a liar. He's a stinking liar, and he lies all day long. Jesus called him the father of lies, and and he's lying. What, What is his end result or his end goal in that? That's to bind up. It's to deceive. It's to keep people in bondage. And so... We are uh, instructed in the middle of our lives, whatever's happening in us, around us, we're instructed as to what we ought to do. How should we conduct ourselves? What should we think? What should we believe? If we'll follow the Lord's instructions, we will be impervious to the enemy's attacks. He really just can't get anywhere with you if he can't get you to agree with him. Yeah? So he will work night and day to try to convince you of something that's not true. But thank God, uh, he's not patient. He doesn't have the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't have endurance. But the Lord will work with us day and night, night and day. And the angels of God, the heavenly host, will work towards you and with you to bring truth to your life. It always gives me hope. Even with someone, I see someone doing the wrong thing, going the wrong way in their life. And I pray for them that they'll get on track. I'm confident in God's persistence and God's patience with them. He'll keep coming at them. 
coming at them, you know, in a good way, with words of life, with words of truth, not words of condemnation, not words of guilt, not trying to put them down, but to keep giving them an opportunity. Come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. And he'll talk to you. He'll talk to you today. He's already talking to people today. And, and the, the Spirit of the Lord will give you those words. And if you'll heed them, oh, you'll be so, so ready for the big day. If you would, go uh, left with me to 2 Timothy, just a couple pages there. 2 Timothy and chapter 1. So the Lord's commands then for us in our day is for the purpose of keeping us strong and faithful to him. All right? So last day's instructions, what are they for? Keep us strong. To keep us faithful to him. Many forces, many things pulling at our lives pulling at our attention, the Lord speaks to enable us to be strong, to stand in the evil day. He wrote to, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy here, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. He writes, for this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Do you? Come on. And am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. What is God's ability? He is able to keep. Able to keep. Now, what is he able to keep? What we have committed to him. Okay, I want you to notice, first of all, that it, he's not saying the Lord keeps everything he wants. The Lord keeps all that he created, all that, no, he keep, he keeps, he is able to keep what we have committed to him. So there is God's part of this and there, there is our side of this equation. That's why I say, well, do I do anything or I just, he just keeps me? No, he keeps what you commit to him. And so our part of this is saying, I'm going to commit this to the Lord. I'm going to commit my life to the Lord. I'm going to commit various things to him because I know if I'll do that, I'm laughing. Because no devil from hell is going to wrestle uh, what we have committed to him out of his hand. Yeah. But my part is the, the, the committing my life to him. So let's, uh, let's jump to this for a moment. If, as we've read in previous weeks, that some shall in our day depart from the faith, because that would be the enemy's work, giving heed to seducing spirits, some shall depart from the faith. What would the enemy's strategy likely be to get us to do that? I mean, consider for a moment. I'll just look at myself and say, what in the world could the devil do to get me to reject the Lord, walk away from God, to leave him? I mean, I wouldn't do that. I mean, many of us, you think the same way. You think, I would never do that. I would never depart from the faith. I mean, what kind of an idiot would you have to be? Sorry for using, you know, the I word. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, most of us, we think, that's so illogical. Why would I ever do that? And the truth is, is yes, he's not going to come at us presenting a all or nothing proposal. Say, hey, why don't you think about just... Uh, walking away from God. We would say, you're the idiot. So, here I go again. 
we would say, I'm not going to do that. Why would I do that? I love him. He saved me. He's my shepherd, my good shepherd. Uh, he's, a, he's everything to me. Why, why would I do that? So, and so what he does, now think about a more logical and likely strategy. It's not all or nothing. It's to try to get us out of our place, to try to get us little by little to leave the will of God to stop doing what he wants us to do, to leave our position. And when we do, we become more susceptible to believing other things. When I, if this is my place and I can get talked into going here, now the voice of the Lord is a little more distant. Now, my spiritual life, it's not gone. I'm not rejecting the Lord, but it's a little worse off than it previously was. And I might even be convinced to go here. I, would never, I was never going to go here from there. But if I was there, well, this isn't so bad. I mean, this is not so such a bad place right here. I think I kind of like it right here. And, you know, if, I, if I'm here for a while... I might even think, I might even be able to be talked into going here. I would never go here from there. Kind of like if, if, you're, if the plan of God were a, a multi-story building and God's plan for you was on the fifth floor and, and, and he was ultimately wanted you to get outside, get out of the building, get out the front door. I mean, no, that's going to take some work to get you all the way down to the first floor. But if he can talk to you about the fourth floor, that fourth floor is amazing. You may even at times hear music down there. What's going on? Others report to you about some pretty cool things happening on the fourth floor and you start getting, I don't know, kind of tired with the fifth floor. Fifth floor is not that exciting anymore. I mean, it used to be good, but Maybe the cloud has moved, and God's now moving on the fourth floor, and I need to follow that. And all kinds of thoughts and deceptions and lies and trickery will come to get you to move down, move to another place. And then once you're there and you're there for a while, how many know it keeps working that way? Keep moving you down. And so all of a sudden, you're standing next to the front door, and it kind of looks pretty nice out there. Yeah, look at that. I used to think it wasn't very good out there, but now it doesn't look so bad. And you're standing there right at the front door about to depart from the faith. Everybody with me today? Maybe I could illustrate one more way. Uh, I used to live, we used to live uh, by the Snake River Canyon. In fact, at one point we lived very, very close to the Snake River Canyon, like eighth of a mile away maybe. It's deep and steep. Do you know when all the time I spent living there. I never once fell in. And you can't say it wasn't dangerous. If you fall in, you're toast. Right? It's steep. That's a real big problem. I never fell in even once. Success. You know one reason I never fell in? It's because I never did this on the edge. I, ne I, I never lived my, I never went over there and said, I'm gonna go walk the edge of the canyon. <laughs> you know, without ropes or safeguards or anything like that. I stayed plenty 
in from it. And I, didn't even, I wasn't even concerned about it. Now, if I would were to walk over there by the edge of the canyon, yeah, that's, I could possibly fall in. And when people live their lives this way and they are living on the edge, so to speak, and they're messing with the world and they're, uh, yeah, it's a dangerous place to be. You know, when people say, can I be a Christian, can I be a Christian and still do? It's like, you're asking the wrong questions. Don't ask, can I be a good Christian and still do? And they're usually talking about some kind of compromise. How about, can I be a good Christian and just live for God every day? How about I be fully devoted, deeply committed. I serve God every day of my life. I put him first in all that I do. That's a better question. You know what the answer to that is? Yes, you can do that. And if you do that, you're never heading to the fourth floor. You're not even entertaining the thoughts of the second floor, the the third floor, second floor, or going out the front door on the first, right? You're not even going there. So the enemy has nothing to work with. Every step of obedience is preparation for the next step. I'm more likely to obey God tomorrow if I do it today. If I get in that habit, listening to the voice of the Lord is like second nature. But every step of disobedience is also a preparation. It is a schooling time for future disobedience. And when I take these small things and I just ignore the Lord here and I ignore him him there, I am more likely to follow on and further that, um, that way of living where I just kind of set the things of God aside. So we're, we are all doing this right now. We're preparing, we're setting ourselves up to succeed, or we're setting ourselves up to fail. Y'all got real quiet on me. So back to this, if the Lord is able to keep what we have committed to him, what have you committed to him? And instead of just a general, my whole life, be specific with them. Say, Lord, I'm committing this to you, this part of my life. I'm committing my marriage to you. I'm committing my finances to you. I'm committing. What are you committing to him? What are you saying? This belongs to you. And I know you are able to keep it. Because when we commit it to him, he gets involved. When we own it and we're going to just do things our own way, there's no safety there. And so consider the element of deception. I began to teach along those lines last week and I knew as I'm going down this path, this could be a diversion and a whole nother series. And I'll end up doing 10 weeks and then have to come back. And so I really, what was checking my heart and seeking the Lord, should I even talk about deception at all? Because I, you know, open up a big can of worms and, 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 and it seemed good to go a little bit further. All right, so I wanna to talk to you about deception a little bit more uh, here today and we'll see where it goes. And then we'll get back to preparing for the big day. They very much go together. You can see how the enemy works. But deception comes in three different ways, okay? It comes, first of all, from yourself. It's called, the scriptures call it deceiving yourself. And I won't go deep into this, but listen to these verses. Galatians 6, 3, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Not, not, not deceived by the devil, 
Self-deception. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So you hear the word, don't do anything with it. Self-deception. Okay. James 1.26, if anyone, uh, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So the bridling of the tongue is key to avoid self-deception. Yeah, if you say everything that comes to mind, everything you feel, everything you see, circumstances, you'll deceive your own heart. Yeah. And so another one then, self-deception, another one is deception by others. Deception comes through other people. Listen to these. 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. People are deceptive. 2 John 7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. A deceiver. People are used at times to deceive us. Uh, by the way, on the fifth floor, it's easy to see. Easy to discern. All right, you get out of your place and you start listening to people. And then third, not only self or not only others, but then deceived by demons, or you could say by Satan. This is, this is also one of the ways. We read this to you the last couple of weeks. 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. Doctrines and doctrines of demons. So there are deceiving spirits. Think, think about that. Their, their job is to deceive. Think about well, what do plumbers do? They plumb. <laughs> and what do builders do? They build and electricians, they electrocute. And, <laughs> and uh, what do deceiving spirits do? So if the plumber thinks about plumbing most of his day, trains for it, is trained in plumbing, knows plumbing stuff, knows plumbing terminology, maybe even thinks about better ways to plumb, right? That's kind of the world the plumber lives in, right? Thinks about the right kind of clothes to wear so that you can plumb, <laughs> right? What do deceiving spirits do? Day and night, night and day, that's their entire focus. They're thinking about strategizing, working to improve their craft to trick people, to get someone who has truth to give up the truth and to believe something that's false. Because if they will embrace something that's false, the door opens for the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. It invites them to eventually, possibly, even depart from the faith. Right? So they work night and day against you, against me, to try to get us to do that. They're lying devils. That's just, that's just what they do. So knowing that's the case, uh, I should be sharp and be alert and never take for granted that, that I could, or never assume or think that I could never be deceived. I could never be tricked. I'm too smart for those, for, for those spirits. Hold on. They've been around for a long, long time, way longer than you and me. So 
Evil, yes. Idiots, no. They know how people think. They know how to set people up. Okay, so I want to be on my guard. Revelation 12, 9 is the last verse there. It says about the, the enemy. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So Satan is called one who basically deceives the whole world. Why are masses of people deceived? There is a devil that's working night and day to that end. That's why the Lord put us here. That's why the Lord calls preachers. That's why the Lord puts his spirit on his people, on his believers, because we are supposed to be proclaimers of truth because we unravel lies. There's a lot of deception. It goes out through the media. It goes out through social media. It goes out everywhere. Lies, 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 lies. They're meant to bind. Yeah? So who then would be most vulnerable to deception? We know it happens from us, from other people, through demonic spirits. Who is more, most susceptible to being deceived? And I can see three groups of people that are more likely to fall for these tricks than others. You ready for these? Okay. The first one is the simple. Those who are simple are more likely to be duped. I want you to look at a verse with me. Just keep going left there and, and stop in Romans. Romans chapter 16. We might call these people gullible simple. Uh, Romans 16, 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions among you contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Okay. Is it biblical to avoid certain people? We see it right there. There are times when the Lord will lead you to get away from others. It does not mean you have to go online and criticize them. It does not mean you have to hate them. It doesn't mean you have to be unkind to them. But wisdom sometimes takes a step away from certain people. Who are those? There are those who are uh, divisive, those who are a stirring up offense. If someone's trying to get you upset about someone else or to take on their own offense, secondhand offense is a very dangerous thing. People have heard of secondhand smoke. What about secondhand offense? I've been in ministry long enough to know that's a deadly substance. It's when one person is hurt, they're offended by the actions of someone else, and they, bring, they spread that to a few people, and those people take on that offense with them. You know what even happens sometimes is the person with the offense in the first place, they get over it. They restore the relationship. Forgiveness is offered and shared and embraced. And then the secondhand offense holders they, don't even, they either don't know about it or they just don't go through that same process and get forgiveness as well. And so the secondhand offense people, they, it eats them up for years and it totally knocks them off the fifth floor. They're totally out of the will of God. The devil's talking to them all day long and they think they're smarter than everyone else now. The offended heart is a, is a dangerous one. He said, verse 18, for those who are such... Do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. What is that? That's just talking about their own self-interest, okay? And by smooth words and flattering speech, 
deceive the hearts of the simple. So this is what we want to be aware of. Simple-minded individuals, those who are more gullible, are more susceptible to the smooth words and flattering speech of those who are trying to divide, those who are trying to bring offense. We, uh, we might say these people, they're really nice because they just embrace everything. Anything you bring their way, I love that. Yeah, that's just wonderful. They're quick to agree with everyone. And I don't know about you, those people are usually very friendly. You can be simple-minded and very nice and very friendly, but the danger there is that you have no discernment. And I, don't, I wanna be nice and friendly to everyone and, and you may share something with me and I may smile and be nice and, and do things for you. And if you ask me if I agree, I'll say, no. Would you like to sign up? No. Do you agree? No. It, it, it's a, uh, yeah. There's a real danger here because the enemy, again, is trying to get to us however he can. And if you are more given this way, then you're more likely to fall for, for some of these tricks, okay? Here's one of the things you can always notice in those who are causing divisions and offenses. When people are being motivated by the wrong spirit, you'll find disrespect is always in their voice. They have disrespect for authority. They'll talk about people, they'll undermine, they'll sometimes do it with a smile, and then they might even throw in a few words like, I'm not judging or anything, but they are. But they'll be disrespectful of authority. When you find yourself getting around those who are, are quick and feel free to just criticize anyone in authority, take a step back. That's the time to back off because you don't want that spirit getting in you, that critical, disrespectful, uh, disrespect of authority spirit. It will mess your life up. Hallelujah. So how can we know when we're right? If someone says one thing and I believe something else, and how do I know that I'm not wrong and they're, uh, and they're right or, or, or vice versa? Listen to this. This will this be helpful. It's 2 Timothy Chapter 3, look at it on the screen with me. In verse 14, it reads, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Continue in them. What's the enemy trying to do? To get us to stop listening, hearing, walking in the things that we have heard, we have learned. The solution Continue in them. I know that's not real deep, but it's very, very practical. We need to keep going in the things that are from God. Let me say it this way. If you've heard words and they have improved your life, they have brought you into close walk and relationship with the Lord, they have produced a greater joy and peace in your life. They have helped you to get victory over sickness and disease or financial problems, poverty and lack. They have aided you in your relationships with others. If you have heard those words and it has produced a positive result and you're walking closely, closer with the Lord today because of them, can I give you just a real simple recommendation? Stay with it. Stay with it. 
Why the enticement is coming for the express purpose that those truths that have helped you, have transformed you, have delivered you from bondage, the enemy wants to get them out of your life. Listen to something else. And then maybe the lie comes in this way. Well, I'm moving on to more advanced things, more deep, the deeper things of God. And sometimes, I'm quick to tell you there are deeper things in God. There is more to learn and more to grow in. But I tell you, the deeper things of God will never contradict the basic things of God. And if someone is all of a sudden giving you a message and it's built on half of a verse in the Old Testament, and we've got this new doctrine now and we need to explore this baloney. Stay with what works. Stay with what made your marriage good. Stay with what give you, gave you victory in your life. Stay with Mark eleven twenty three and Romans 10, 9, and 10. Stay with the basics of faith and the speaking the word and, and redemption and who we are in Christ and, and some of those basic tenets of the scriptures. That's what gives you victory. And Paul was, say, was saying here, you must continue in the things which you learned and have been assured of. It worked. Stay with it. If we start listening to a different voice, eventually we start questioning and say, I don't even know if I ever had, if that ever worked for me. There are people that have experienced miracles from God, healings in their body, answers to prayer, and then later they got so far away from that place, they stopped listening to the right voice that they said, I don't even know if I really got that or not. Mm, you want to shake them. You want to spirit of God slap them. <laughs> Amen. In love. I'd say, what are you thinking? You've got to stop entertaining those thoughts. You know that was real. You know God spoke to you. You know he moved in your life. Get back to that. For he hasn't changed. He goes on to say in this verse, knowing from whom you have learned them. So it's not just about what you learned. It's like, look at the source. Who's telling you this? What's the manner of life that they have? Because the Lord not only gives us his word, he not only gives us his promises uh, and gives us his spirit to abide inside of us, he also gives us real life examples to follow. It's like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Uh, he gives us real life people. And if you can see right before your eyes people who are speaking the word and it's working for them and they have victory and they live in, they, they're living out what, you're, what they're hearing, that's what he's saying. He said, stay with what you've heard and remember who you heard it from. Don't go following someone else that you don't know, following someone else because they entice you with their second floor party. Amen. Everybody okay? He said about them, he said, well, he went on to say, and Paul writing to Timothy, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So he said, this worked for you since you were a kid, Timothy. You got to stay with this. Just stay strong in what you've already heard. Never replace that with something new. All right, and so we need to learn to interpret the issues of life through the lens of Scripture, not the other way around. 
where we start interpreting the Bible through our own desires, through religion, through our own traditions. No, I want to see everything else through this lens. Ooh, look at that. Now I'm seeing things clearly. Because how many know in heaven, no one's wringing their neck? Wringing their neck? Wringing their hands. Not wringing your neck. (laughs) Or ring around the collar. Or ring around the finger. Uh, No one's wringing their hands. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, No one's uptight. No one's freaked out about what's going on in your life. No one in heaven is freaked out about what's going on in our country. There is not. I need to, I want to do everything I can to see everything through God's eyes. See things from his perspective. That is what works. Amen. I gave you number one. Let me introduce the second one to you real quick. Okay. I knew I couldn't finish. When I prepared, I tried. Who is most vulnerable to deception? Number one, the simple. And number two, the proud. The proud. Those with a proud heart are vulnerable to deception. Obadiah 3 reads, the pride of your heart has deceived you. We never want to get to a place where we are more concerned with with being right than what is right. When we start fighting so that we win instead of the truth prevailing, that's when we close ourselves off to receiving truth and correction and seeing things clearly. Too many times we're just in competition with one another and I want to win the argument. Boom, I won. I beat you. That is a proud, ugly, stinking heart and that is a setup to being deceived. But when I say I value the truth, whether I know it or not, I principally hold the truth in high esteem. And Lord, if I'm seeing something wrong, if I'm thinking incorrectly about anything, I humble myself under your mighty hand. Show me what is right. Show me what is true. Correction is something that all of us need. Do you know that? Do you, I don't know, do you invite correction? <laughs> In the moment, maybe it doesn't feel warm and fuzzy, but if you're wise, you're thankful for correction. Correction means I was going the wrong direction. I got corrected. Now I'm gonna stay on the road. If I didn't get corrected, I would be in the ditch. All right, if you drove today to church, how many know you made lots of corrections? They were all small corrections, but you made hundreds, thousands, I don't know, corrections to keep you on the road. And if you didn't make those corrections, you would have run into a car, a building, a pole. The proud would say, something's wrong with this car. (laughs) It's the manufacturer's fault. They built a car that does not stay on the road. It is, it's got ditch problems. And they're angry and they're upset and people say, well, maybe you just should have turned the wheel. No, that's not it. I turned the wheel fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a car problem. Or it, it's, it's the road. They built that road with a slant. How am I supposed to read and drive at the same time when they build the roads with these slants and put curves in them. They didn't need to put a curve right there. (laughs) What is that, by the way? It's it's, kind of silly, but 
that's the way the proud person thinks. And if ever someone really out of love comes to them and says, I think you're getting off track a little bit. I think you need to, uh, I'm saying this in love, I think, you, I think you need to change some things in your life. It looks like I'm concerned about you. I'm, I'm praying for you. It looks like you're getting off track a little bit. They're defensive. They're argumentative. See, pride loves to argue. They're, they'll argue with you. They'll be defensive. Uh, they'll take offense to what you're saying. What are you implying? That, what, something wrong with me? My relationship with God? What's, how is yours so much better? Then they go on attack. Instead of saying, you know, well, I'm going to take a look. I appreciate you loving me enough to even bring it up. And if they're wrong, they're wrong, but at least you're open. See, that kind of person will stay on the road. That kind of person will stay on their floor. That kind of person will stay in the will of God, and the enemy won't ever be able to dupe them. Again, there are spirits working night and day. They'll work through people. They'll work through other methods, trying to get us away from truth. You can't force it on us, but if you can convince us, but if we will humble ourselves, we'll be protected. Because no one is walking away from God without him saying, hey, hey, you're going the wrong way, come back. And he'll do that to you. He'll say it through other people. He'll say it through the pastor. He'll say it through other, and the Lord will deal with you again and again and again. Why is that? He loves us so. Oh, he loves us so, and he'll keep talking to us. And only the heart of heart, the proud individual will keep resisting like it's an attack against them. It's not. It's actually designed to set you up to succeed. How dare you imply, stop it. We're together in this. We all want each other to stay in the right place. So we're ready for the big day. Amen. Praise God. I'll pick up there later. Father, thank you today for working in our lives.